gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome guys to another episode of the Christian Buddy Show. Just before we get into it, I would like to make the mention there's a place called The Resistance in the Haw- in Hawthorne. It's they're holding comedy open mic nights. Yours truly might be there performing in September, so I'm just going to give a bit of self-promotion. But enough self-promotion. I'm here with an awesome person, Ryan Magic, and Ryan Magic could arguably be the envy of most working class men. Having made his first six figures in business by just 19 years of age, his first seven figures by 22 years old, and first eight figures by 26, that's right. In this podcast, we will be deep diving into Ryan's past, what success means to him, touching on his spiritual journey and everything else. So I'm going to introduce him into the mix. Boom town. This is quite the setup, brother. I felt like feeling? I was on a plant medicine journey listening to the the show is about to begin. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is next level, man. I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Um, and I've kind of lost my footing here. Oh, here it is. I've got my footing Wait, now. Just quickly, are you, are you a rapper? No. What do you perform? You said you're performing at this, this place. Uh, we'll do a bit of comedy. Uh, I'll give my stand at, at comedy. So, uh, yeah, just give it a good good crack. So, yeah. That's epic, man. Great job. Thank you. Love that. Uh, so, I want to I take you back before all of your social media popularity began. I want to take you back to the year 2011 where you began cold approaching businesses and installing charity stands with Aussie Fair Confectionery. How did this job prepare you for the person you are now? Was that in my bio or did you just do your research and find that? Uh, well, look, at the Christian Buddy Show, we are a bit uh, <laughs> inve- investigative journaling. So uh, we, 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 we take... That. Yeah. That's epic, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's just so cool. No one's ever asked me that before. So I essentially had this job, yeah, installing these like charity boxes into businesses. And I got $11 commission per box they put in to a business. And so right before that, I was working at a golf course making $8 an hour. I got promoted from $8 an hour to $12 an hour. And I was like, then I I got this this job doing this uh, door-to-door sales, which was such an edge to me. I was so nervous about it. But uh, I was at a, in a phase of, of tackling a lot of fears. And so it fit the, the bill from that perspective of like, this is something I could grow in. And uh, it was awesome, man. It was just like getting to practice uh, being rejected and 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 make more money as well. At that point, was my I wanted to make it. That was my big dream. I wanted to make it as an entrepreneur. I didn't. I wanted to know that I could do what I felt excited, like live my dream, as opposed to going into university, which was kind of where everyone in my life was trying to point me. And uh, yeah, it 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 allowed me to see that with initiative, I could kind of influence my own outcomes. And so I remember even being taken on the tour of the the job. 
And this lady took me out. She's like, oh, watch this business and you win and see how you go. Putting these like, because it's essentially lolly boxes and then it's a donation-based policy. And so I would, you know, waiting areas of like a doctor's clinic or in a retail store out the back in the staff room and then people could just like take some lollies and put a couple of bucks in for the, the lollies or whatever. That's what the, the thing was. And so I was like, well, should I try and in there? And there was a dentist and she's like, oh no, we don't do dentists because why would someone want to have some lollies before going in? And I'm like, well, can we at least try? And then I tried and I, I got it in and, and they're like, yeah, we would love to have that in here. And I was just like, whoa, holy shit. And then I was like, went from making 12 bucks an hour to making, putting like six to eight boxes in. So 66 to $88 an hour, which was such a massive game changer for me to realize that there's more possible. And, and that just idea that more is possible is just expanding and then that led me to getting into starting my own businesses. So definitely was a pivotal part of the journey. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to touch on that later on in the interview. And I, uh, I, I'll be honest, I, I kept one eye on your social media journey. And you first caught my attention when you jumped on a tram to deliver a motivational talk. I assume this was a, a social conditioning exercise. Can you elaborate? What, what, what was the, the purpose behind this? Uh, this tram motivational talk? Yeah, it's interesting, man, that that's the next question because I mentioned that when I was doing this uh, door-to-door sales kind of job in 2011, I I was in a, a phase where I was doing a lot of fear challenges and that was like a really distinct line in the sand decision that I made when I left high school, regretting that I didn't do as much uh, extracurricular activities or go for leadership at school because I felt so scared and I was like I'm, I'm really sick of, of having fear and anxiety block me from everything that I want like talk, I really struggled talking to girls as well and I really wanted to have a girlfriend at the time and so it's just like I just felt so trapped by being scared and that was like I did a bunch of fear challenges for maybe a six-month period and it, it changed everything for me and then I did the same thing again a few years later I kind of was at a point where I I hadn't done fear challenges for a while and I was also starting to feel a little bit like plateaued at a certain point. And I went, stuff it. I'm going to do fear challenges again. I'm going to do something every day that scares me. And yeah, it's just one of them was going on a, on a tram and doing a motivational rant uh, without any preparation and with people on the way to their nine to five job, just attempting to inspire some people. But I, I didn't really have a plan of what I was going to say. And my friend just filmed it and then we're like, well, we should upload this for content. And then it, went really well so what, was there any funny reactions were people just like what the hell is going on now have you, have you watched the video do you remember i did i uh, vaguely I, I i think some did some guy get pissed off or so? i don't know some there was a lady was... a lady got really angry she started saying fuck you shut the fuck up and she was going crazy seriously crazy and when i'm in like a flow state like that I can handle things like that pretty easily. But if I was to know that that would happen before I actually did it, I probably wouldn't have done it. But yeah, there were some people that were like filming it. There were some people that were just like smiling and engaged. There were some people that were just uh, nervous and looking away. And then there was that lady that was going pretty crazy. So a bit of a mix, mixed bag. Absolutely. But it's crazy how one thing like that, that's just five minutes of being nervous. I probably have there would be at least 500 clients that I got when I was running my business that had seen that video. And that was the first thing that got them to start watching the journey. So it's interesting how something that I never would have expected would have had any impact on my brand because I was doing it for a fear challenge to grow my character just happened to lead to an epic, epic outcome.
which is cool. Yeah, it's definitely um, an outlier. It's definitely something you don't see every day. Mm. And I guess to lead a successful journey in life, sometimes doors need to close before the right ones open. And in this case, this is a metaphor for rejection. So you sp- you touched on rejection before. And mm. what's been the biggest paradigm shift in your life when dealing with rejection? Yeah. It's a great question, man. There's lots of different angles I could hit this at, but what's been present for me recently is, is really understanding fear. And I'd love to talk to that in response to that question, because when people are, I'm, I'm scared of rejection still. I don't want to get rejected. It feels shit. Like, I don't want to get rejected. It's just like, and, and the reason why is because we are social creatures that have been programmed at a primitive level to survive in tribes. And so a lot of what, we uh, have in terms of conditioning plugged into our nervous system is to avoid conflict and to fit in and meet the consensus of the tribe. And so when you're feeling nervous about doing something that's meaningful you, to you that might go against what other people around you think is, is right or aligned, it's a very normal feeling to be scared of that judgment. And I feel like the biggest fear that we have is being exiled from the tribe, which is fear of abandonment. And so it kind of goes like fear of judgment, then fear of rejection, ultimately fear of abandonment. They're like the, the three like escalating fears socially. And they're so natural and ingrained into all of us. And so for me recently, it's, it's been a lot more about having compassion and realizing that whether you're Lady Gaga attempting to, to break some like music award record or do something that's never been done before and, and the feeling that she's got in her nervous system of being accepted with that new piece of art that she's putting out or whether your name's Frankie and you're speaking up to your boss at, at Coles about getting a promotion and you're nervous, it's the same feeling in the body and everyone has it. And so just not judging it not thinking there's something wrong with you or that that means that you shouldn't do the thing per se uh, is, is for me where I, my mindset's at at the moment. It's a lot of compassion and love and understanding of the nervous system. Okay. Because, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to digest everything you're saying at the moment. It's, um, it's a lot to take on and, I want to kind of throw a real curly question at you and I'm happy to, for you to take it anywhere. What is your definition of reality? It's pretty curly. Uh, so reality. <sighs> I don't have a, I, I don't have a definition that I've had before this call, but I'll, I'll make up, I'll just talk to what it means to me just the experience of what we choose to see life as the perspective that we choose to hold with it. And so, yeah, I feel like it's something that, that is ultimately the experience like our, because you have a reality, I have a reality and everyone has a different reality and a, a different perspective and a different experience of life. And I think it's a cool idea to, to, to ponder on and think about because you get to craft it. You get to choose what it is. And a lot of people don't feel that. They assume that their kind of current situation and experience of life is just what everyone has. And they uh, understanding that you get to, to tweak it and, and, and uh, design the experience is a liberating perspective on it. 
the the other angle that I could talk to reality on is because I've done a lot of spiritual study and whatnot. I've done a lot of study of like Vedic wisdom, which is ancient Indian wisdom, like the Bhagavad Gita and Sanskrit based different books and courses. And they talk about viewing reality through diff three different layers. You can see things from the physical perspective, the emotional perspective, or the uh, spiritual perspective. And a lot of time people have very skewed perspectives on the world and they think that theirs is right, but they just might have more of a bias towards one of those three layers. And the theory behind the well, it's called three in one awareness, is holding a perspective of the world that ties to all the layers. So let's say, for example, uh, someone has got debt, debt to, they, they go into debt to start a business. And then their parents are like, you've just lost money. But then like they feel a real strong pull towards doing it emotionally. There's two perspectives there. One person's following it based on emotions. One person's looking at it logically. They both have merit. They're just different perspectives, different layers. And so the power behind this is understanding that and not judging other people's perspectives if they've got a slightly different lens that they've got on in that moment. I also call this the three lenses. They might be looking through like a logical lens slash physical slash material lens, or they might be looking through the emotional or the deeper meaning lens or the spiritual lens, which is just seeing oneness and equanimity and everything. And I feel like it's a really powerful way to have more empathy and to make more powerful decisions because you get to, you get to understand the full scope of what's going on there and not be victim of just one lens and have more of a narrow perspective. Uh, I really, that, that changed the game for me, especially settling a lot of the different wisdom that gets taught in personal development and the rights and wrongs and debates on things. It's like, just take the full perspective in and then make your call. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's already a lot to unpack in this podcast. I might have to listen back to it, but kind of, <laughs> kind of bringing it back to the ground. I want to kind of ground my next question. And I'm going to bring it to winning international. How did winning? And for those that are unaware, can uh, do you mind providing some context to the audience? What is winning international, and how did it get started? So winning international is a business I used to run. I liquidated it two and a half years ago, three years ago, and I started it when I was 21. So what's that? It's like three years after. So maybe 2013, and. I essentially started the business because I wanted to be a speaker and I had a skill set in marketing and sales because I'd run a digital agency before that. So I thought oh, I could take marketing and I could take my sales experience of just doing lots of sales and I could channel it towards making a difference, I'm kind of doing some business coaching and I ended up niching into helping life coaches. And it really resonated because I was like, sweet, I get to speak, I get to do my dream and I get to help people, also help other people. So it feels really aligned for me. That can make a big difference in the world with that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was essentially a business that helped life coaches get clients and other coaches as well, all coaches, but a lot of life coaches get clients. And so we would teach them marketing and sales and how to productize their IP and how to hire people and, and build that up. And I built it pretty quickly myself. I was pretty hungry to grow and, and make something of myself in the world and grew it to a million dollars in 10 months in the first 10 months and then grew it into a multi-million dollar business. And and then, yeah, it got to a point where it was this big enterprise with 25 full-time staff and we had over a thousand clients go through our 12-month program or most, most, most of those 
over those thousand went through the the 12-month program which is 20k price point but we also had a a 5k program at the start when i launched that uh was an eight-week program so there you go that's a nutshell on what it was you you speak of the the million dollar debt that you that you're in uh on one of your facebook lives uh there was a lot to unpack in that live and uh i'm going to kind of take out one nugget from from that live and you in your journey through winning international you actually fired your sister Mm. uh two questions are you still talking to your sister and what was the context in that yeah man it was a really tough time these are great questions by the way i love love being put on the spot with questions so um what was happening was the business was growing really it was at a crazy point where i was just i'd hired nine staff to start at the end at the end of 2017 i hired nine staff to start at the end of 2018 um i was obviously packed to the rafters i was growing way quicker than what would have been advised by any good business coach and just hammering investment into the business and i was very stressed and i was very desperate to like capitalize on on where i was i would you wouldn't have i would I would have, no one could convince me I was stressed at the time, but I was. And upon reflection. And the the second in charge in the business, like my operations manager and my sister had started seeing each other. And they went into each other. It was kind of like a fling. And they were my two go-to people. And so what happened was they actually started kind of like not liking me and kind of teaming up against me. And I was just so busy trying to run the business and it just, I felt really unsafe and unsupported. And it was just like arguing with my sister would be like, Hey, have you done this? We need to change this. Blah, blah, blah. And so we'll just go back and forth thing with arguments. And it's just like, I need my EA to like fucking have my back hundred percent, not have her and the operations manager turning against me. It was a product of growing too fast. So I couldn't give them the presence they needed to feel safe in there and like seen and heard in their jobs. So it was just manifested in them being frustrated at me. But at the, at the time, the only solution that I could see is like, I have to get rid of one of these people. And it, the one that was like the most personal and kind of savage was my sister because she was like arguing with me like a sister in the EA role. So it was like, it's obviously not working. And I had to, to let her go. It was definitely the best thing to do. Um, but the problem was growing too fast. That was the that was the initial catalyst, and that caused a big rift between us. I didn't expect I because she was talking about wanting to leave anyway. I didn't think it was going to be a big deal, but I underestimated underestimated like how she would react, and I also didn't have like the presence as a brother in her life that she deserved and and uh, desired at the time as well. So it wasn't just about the business; it was some other things. But after I I let her go, then there was yeah there was some uh, fire there and. We didn't chat and I had like a really amazing business mentor at the time that helped us mediate. And uh, we still had some like deep resentment there and a lot of emotional emotions built up under the premise that we've, we've had a very hardcore relationship because growing up, there was a lot of pressure on us in our family and we were there for each other. And that put extra kind of emotions and stress into the situation with us. And yeah, man, it was a really tough time. It was a really tough time. And at that point I, I suppressed my emotions around it. It was just like stuffing them down and, we're we're very we're very close now but there's still there's still extra things to to continue to deepen in our relationship extra vulnerability and 
and stuff like that. But yeah, she's a really beautiful person and she's done so amazing in her life for the cards that she was dealt. She had it really tough, tougher than me, I believe. So yeah. Well, all the best on that. And you touched on, uh, no worries, you touched on business growth and yeah, can you unpack that? I mean, what, why did you want to grow so fast? What, 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 why is there a rush? I mean, um, yeah, what, what, what was the rush? Yeah, man, it's, it's, it wasn't a conscious thing for me. It was a deep subconscious trauma and wound that came from being raised by in a very, very difficult household with like a drug abusive drug dealer dad and an alcoholic mom and, and just feeling super unsafe. And the way that I believed or was taught to feel loved was when my dad um, saw me, appreciated me or, or saw me achieve and he had very harsh standards for my achievement. So I believe from a very young age that my self-worth and my deservability of receiving love came from how well I performed. And so this is essentially what's called a shame, shame-based identity. And there's a lot of people around the world that have it for different reasons, but essentially it, it means that you were at a young age because you didn't get the nurture and support and health, healthy environment growing up. You ultimately believe, and this is what I ultimately believe, that I was defect, def, defective and flawed in some way, just as who I was. Like my identity was shame. I didn't experience some like things that I did wrong and get told off for it and be like, oh, that was a shameful behavior and I feel guilty about it. There's a big difference between guilt and shame. It's like, I'm the problem. There's something deeply wrong with me. And so what happens when you have a shame-based identity is you, you believe you're inherently less than human. And the only escape from that is to either infer uh, project the treatment that you had on you that made you adopt this shame identity, the trauma or the abuse or whatever onto others to temporarily escape the reality that you're less than human or to attempt to be superhuman. And that was always my pursuit, this like unrealistic pursuit of achieving ever escalating standards of what my identity framed as being superhuman more than human and so when i was growing this business it wasn't just hey i want to have some money i didn't even care about the money i was addicted and attached with every fiber of my being of actually not being less than human and attempting to be superhuman because it was the only escape from that deep fundamental belief that i was flawed and defective as a human and that's why i did that live the other day man to help free myself from part of that been a long-term journey but being able to say yeah i stuffed up yes i had debt yes i'm inhuman uh, i'm human and have made mistakes and as a but i also believe that i'm worthy of living the life that i desire to live even though i'm a human being which might sound obvious to to people that haven't gone through that deep trauma but to someone that's got that trauma-informed upbringing definitely is not obvious and so that's been like the big big journey of like freeing myself and that I've that I've been through, man, and that's why. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty blessed in the in the regard that I haven't really been through much trauma in my life. Touch wood, and yeah, I'm I I don't know. I kind of consider myself pretty simple minded, and just uh, I've got this podcast on the go. So yeah, just working on that, and but uh, yeah, it's that's a pretty. Uh, revealing thing to share with the world. I, I admire your bravery and no worries. And trauma is subjective, by the way. So you may, you may have had what seemed to be uh, a calm upbringing or like a healthy upbringing, but it's, it's really important just for those that are listening that 
like if you heard me say that I had drug abusive parents and, and stuff like this, you might have something that happened that is objectively seems worse than that, or you might have things that don't seem as bad as that. But trauma is subjective. It's the meaning that the, the child attributes to it at the time. And trauma can just be uh, emotional neglect. So it can be just like having two parents that are quite in their head and they don't really take the time to, to listen to how the, person, the, the child's feeling. That can be trauma. And so it, and that can lead the person to being disconnected to their emotions and feeling like they're not, all of them is not welcome because they were never allowed to express themselves when they were younger. There's so many different flavors of it and it doesn't have to come in the, sh like the intense form of uh, abuse and big trauma and being molested or just being physically abused by parents or, or, any, or like losing a sibling. It doesn't have to be something that's that intense. It can be something really small. And there's usually hundreds, if not thousands of like small incidents that can shape the way that someone shows up in the world to be slightly more suppressed or slightly more trepid in the world, just to give that little pre-frame. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point because I, I interviewed a guy, Trev Bell, um, the bucket list guy. I'm not sure if you, if you know. And uh, for yeah, people listening, I interviewed him on, on my podcast at one point. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, he he actually brought up a very similar point. He made the point that yeah, you can have two people in the room. One could be molested and be fine. The other could um, someone could look at them the wrong way and they could be traumatized for life. So yeah, I, I think mm. you, your 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 point is absolutely correct. Um, tra trauma is subjective. Mm. Yeah, and. Speaking of your, your self-development pathway, you, because you strike me as a person that really goes pretty intensely into everything, uh, including self-development, mm. what's been your experience working with plant medicine? Mm. I felt like it was similar to the start of this podcast. As well. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah, I was very, very uh, close to the idea of doing it before I actually experienced it for the first time, which was maybe three years, uh, two, two, two and a half years ago or something like that. And the reason why is because my upbringing, because my parents were into drugs and I kind of saw what happened with them. Like I've never smoked a cigarette. I haven't drank any alcohol for over 12 years. I experimented when I was like 16 for a few months. But yeah, I, I, um, I was very scared. <laughs> I was very scared to, to do drugs is the way that I was thinking of it at the time. But it was my, I was lucky enough to have my best friend who is super straight edge, have had experience in a really safe container with it and, and, and then have several experiences which transformed. I watched him transform with his experience of, of doing some MDMA trips and some plant medicine uh, with mushrooms as well and some LSD. And, and it, I just saw how he changed. I saw how he transformed and started to tap into a, a, a greater depth of awareness in the world. Like he was seeing the world more, uh, more open. He was more open. He was more connected to his heart and he was more expressive. And I was like, wow. And he's like, would you like to have an experience with me? And I was initially rejected the first invitation. Then a few months later, I was like, you know, I'll give it a go. And I was terrified. And I think I did like a small dose of mushrooms and, I didn't actually feel anything. I'm pretty sure I was resisting the surrender of the experience. And, and then the, the time after that, I had quite a deep ex experience. So when, when I go into a, a plant medicine experience, I think I, I've probably done 
seven over the last two and a half years. I haven't done one for maybe for over six months. It's, it's something that I was afraid that I was going to become addicted to drugs, but I realized that that's just a manifestation of like, if you do become addicted to drugs, it's because you, you're suppressing, you've got serious uh, problems in your life and you're attempting to escape, uh, escape. And at the moment I've got such a healthy life that there wasn't really a chance of me getting addicted to, to anything. So I had these experiences. I've gone into these beautiful containers where the intention is set for me to have blind spots revealed to me. So I go into them for growth and then jump in the experience and then just magic unfolds. Co-creations with other safe, close friends of mine where there's group facilitation. Someone might have, like someone's intention at the start of the journey might be, I really want to express myself. I really want to heal my relationship with my mom. And it's like, it's a, a, let's say it's a man that's saying that. And then another woman that's in the experience, I've only done it with up to six people, might channel that person's mom, like legit, just be like out of nowhere, this random civilian lady would just be like, I'm your mom right now, <laughs> just out of nowhere. And then everyone's like, oh, wow. And then everyone just rolls with whatever. And then this woman's just like giving this person, like speaking as this dude's mom and saying the things that he wish he heard when he was younger and then he's just breaking down crying and she starts singing to him and healing that deep wound that he wasn't loved from his mum. And then like, how can you make this shit up? It's fucking unbelievable. The sort of things that I've experienced in, in the, the ceremonies that I've been a part of. And for me, it's about enjoying the experience and growing through it. But I only do it if I feel really pulled to, and I don't like to do them close together. And I like to really take and milk what I get from it and integrate it into my life. So at the moment, I just haven't felt like doing an experience for ages because I just know what I want to do. I know where I'm moving. I'm feeling quite grounded. I'm feeling clear on, on what I want to experience in my life. And I don't feel like I need one. But if I'm feeling kind of a little bit like lost or I want some clarity or there's something I want to work through and I'm feeling like, and then an opportunity comes up, someone's like, hey, would you like to do this experience? I'd be like, if, if it felt right, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. And what are you moving towards at the moment? What are you cu uh, curious about now? Seeing as win winning international isn't your main priority. Yeah, man. I'm glad you're giving me the stage. I've got this metaphor. This came from a plant medicine ceremony with my best friend, his partner and my ex-partner. And we had this like metaphor of getting on the stage because there was a time where I was like suppressing my this, the inner speaker in me. And it was like at one point in the ceremony, someone was like, get on the fucking stage. I think it was my ex-partner. She's like, get up, get on the fucking stage. And I stand on the couch and I'm like, I'm on the stage. And so we've got this like inside joke of like being on the stage and actually getting to express what you feel you're excited about or whatnot. So anyway, I'm on the stage right now. So I'm on the stage. What I'm working on at the moment is this container called Heart Warriors. So I essentially, essentially spent the last six months working on a, a modality, like a personal de development modality that integrates the spiritual, emotional, and physical layers to help people in a moment, people that are into personal development, that want to feel fulfilled and kick ass in their life, but find themselves getting confused between like, oh, is this, am I blocked at the moment? Therefore, I can't do what I want to do. Or should I just be taking action? Or where am I meant to be going next? Or is that actually what I'm meant to do? And just not knowing how to navigate their life with a deep sense of certainty and clarity and power. I kind of like, bridge that gap for myself because I was feeling a little bit like that. There's so many different perspectives and ways and all different thought leaders have all different kind of 
ways of going about things. Some are more like intellectual and you create your plan and you, you, you research and figure out what you want to do. Other people like you just flow and you just, you know, everyone's got such a different perspective. So I created this modality called the core method and core is the Latin root word of courage, C-O-R, and it means heart. And what I've kind of boiled everything down from all the, I've spent over $750,000 on personal development and I've just been coached over 500 times in the last three years. I'm like, as you can tell, fully into this, this space. But what I've boiled everything down to is like, you can either live in your heart or you can live in your head. You can't avoid either of them altogether, but with awareness, you can choose to spend more time in your heart. And if you're in your heart, you're fulfilled. And fulfillment to me is the absolute purpose of life. It's to, to and, and what fulfillment means to me is the consistent quality of the experience of your life the consistent quality of the experience of your life. And it's interesting because this world, most of the people in this world aren't trying to have the, the, the highest consistent quality of the experience of their life. Quality is subjective. It doesn't mean, oh, I should be just happy all the time. It means like that you're feeling the best, like you're feeling the most fulfilled, the, the quality of your life. Because for me, it, I feel like my, the quality of the experience of my life is higher if I'm going through challenge at times and I'm able to have awareness over it and work through it, that actually makes the quality of my experience better. And so being in your heart is the ticket to fulfillment. And the big difference between being in your heart and your head is that your head is like the gatekeeper of your nervous system. We spoke earlier about fear and I spoke about having compassion for the nervous system because we have a nervous system that is like constantly scanning for danger. It's in the amygdala in our mind and it's like always labeling things as safe or unsafe. It's called neuroception. It's like, is that safe? Is that unsafe? So if you're in a job and your dreams to be like a successful entrepreneur, any scanning of that potential leaving, it's firing danger in the mind. Neuroception's like, this shit ain't safe because the nervous system is like the strongest pull. That's why we do more to avoid pain than we would to, to move towards pleasure because we are trying to stay safe. It's the absolute, every animal in the world is like their primary motive is survival and procreation survival of their species and survival of themselves in life and so like most animals have less of awareness than what we do and they're just motivated by fight off drive to survive but with with us it's it's the same we also have that huge aspect to our humanity of just constantly scanning for danger and you don't think about it you just might be in your head scanning on social media all day why the fuck are you on social media you're on social media because your mind's trying to distract away and keep you safe, keep you in the familiar. It's like at the, the nervous system's head and heart. The head just wants safety. And safety, from its perspective, is in the familiar. But then our heart, our heart wants growth. Our heart desires expansion and love. And that happens in the unfamiliar. And so you have your head's desire, which is safety and familiar, and your heart's desire, which is going into the unfamiliar. And there's a massive like fight between those two if there's not awareness and some reconciliation. And so the, the whole core method and what I've been working on, and this is what I'm driven by now, and this is what excites the shit out of me, is living with fulfillment. And the core method's way to help people live with fulfillment is to be able to have three capabilities that can every moment take you from their head to their heart in any moment. So if you find yourself okay. in, in your head, the first step is awareness. It's just going, okay, Right now, I'm feeling like you might be all stressed and stuff and, and you're just like reactive to that and, and just maybe you're projecting and angry or you're confused or you don't know what your job is. That's all just like your mind, your intellect, just as the warrior or the gatekeeper on behalf of your nervous system, just freaking out, trying to keep you safe. 
But as soon as you become aware of it, then you're already taking steps towards being it. As soon as you've been like, oh, I'm in my head. Holy shit. That's a moment to just pause, have compassion for the fact that you're feeling the way that you're feeling because you're feeling scared because everything comes back down to fear because our whole fucking nervous system, again, is designed for safety. Just being like, ah, oh, that's why I'm feeling unsafe. And so I've got awareness. That's step one. Step two is discernment. And that is actually tapping in, taking some space to feel into what is needed in the moment. And I give people like some training wheel options of how to, like what you could do next. These are the things that I think if you're in your head and you've become aware, and then you're discerning what's needed right now in the moment to move forward next, when you're discerning what that bridge step is, it can be regulate yourself, regulate your nervous system using breath, sound, movement, touch, gratitude, being in nature, just regulate yourself so you're feeling grounded again that's option one option two is taking masculine action which is going out there and making shit happen being of service in the world and giving or taking feminine action which is experiencing and receiving both are action so like a, a masculine action might be okay i'm going to launch that webinar the feminine action might be i'm going to have a bath or it might be i'm just going to experience the feeling on my skin right now in this moment and just enjoy where i am in the sun and it's like both of them are, are, are heart-based. They're, they're, both, they're both beautiful. And it's discerning what's needed. And that learning to discern is really important. Then you have, okay, what was coming up for me that was in my head, that was having me in my head, that was making me so fucking scared. It's such a big deal, what was coming up for me, that I need to process that trigger. I need to use emotional release work, somatic release work, inner child work, trauma work, shame work, whatever. It's like there's so many amazing modalities out there. I teach a bunch of them in the 12-month Heart Warrior container. I do weekly healing and they're helping people become more aware of what's coming up for them. And the last option is to work on the foundations of living a healthy life that just proactively keeps you more in your heart. So things like your health, sleep, diet. I've got the, the acronym I use is SHED. So it's sleep, hydration, exercise, and diet. Those four things just keeping them really pure like if you're eating really shit you, you're more reactive you're more fearful you're more anxious and so you, you you're you have a higher percentage of the time that you're in your head and so but if you're eating a clean diet you're actually feeling more spacious and you're more naturally in your heart so there's a bunch of things you can foundationally do like meditation your health actually being on your purpose and living your mission and like being of service in the world in the way that your heart wants to express itself and serve in the world is a huge proactive factor that just keeps you more in your heart. Uh, knowing how to connect deeply with people in your intimate relationship, knowing like whether people are aligned for you, knowing how to uh, set boundaries, ask for support, how to really connect beyond just the surface layer with people, how to express your needs, how to communicate healthily. That. Uh, and so working on the foundations is another option. So you can either can, like rake. So can I just intercept there? Sorry, yeah, I, can yeah, feel, yeah. I can feel the passion coming. Mate, it's up. beaming it's out of just, every fucking cell in my body. out of every single cell in, in, this, in this lifetime. But can I just play a um, little bit of devil's advocate here? Uh, Please. You, men you, mentioned, you mentioned life's purpose. And the reason I bring that up is, you know, it's, I guess it's difficult from a sense to, to find one's life purpose uh oh like i'll give you an example billy wakes up in the middle of the night and he says oh i'm gonna become um a cleaner that's my life's purpose i mean does and then he's gonna just become a cleaner for the rest of his life like i guess 
is there an oversimplicity to finding your life's purpose? I mean, is it, is it that easy? Like you just find your life's purpose and you're set for life or, uh, well, what, what are your thoughts on that? What, what are your opinions on, on finding your life purpose? Is it easy? Is it hard or, um, Dif- different people, different amounts, but it's definitely not objectively some like Billy <laughs> and it's not necessarily, uh, it's definitely not static either just because you have one thing that is really like, for example, I might be talking like at the moment, I'm talking heaps about being in your heart and living a fulfilled life and empowering people to make their dreams happen. But if I got cancer today and then went into chemotherapy, my life purpose is going to change and like challenges can come in and, and they can become your dharma, can become your purpose. So if I got cancer tomorrow, I'm probably going to end up supporting people in some way in that being thrust into that becomes my purpose. And so Dharma, the actual word from a Vedic, from a Sanskrit perspective, which is often translated to purpose. Uh, I like that perspective on, on uh, purpose as well, because it, it, it simplifies it and makes it less grandiose. And they talk about Dharma that uh, one of the direct translations of it in Sanskrit means functional contact, which means like when you make contact with people, you have some kind of function that supports them which means that you can go around and be of service all the time you can be living in purpose like someone that i'm chatting with at the moment their purpose is is living in joy that's and that feels expansive to them and that's the only thing that matters it's like do you feel fucking pumped about what you do do you feel excited about what you do and if you don't then you're not on purpose and if you do then that for me is like fuck yeah keep doing it and and can you feel can you feel that time can you feel like that all the time i mean is that even realistic absolutely as as the overarching perspective that you hold for what you do but in terms of emotions emotions will change you can have resistance and feel like really disappointed that you're like for me like let's say i run a webinar next week and i put five grand into it and there's all these people that are on it and really excited and no one signs up i'm not going to be excited at that point i'll probably be a bit disappointed so it's, it's like emotions are, are fine, but the general perspective is like, yes, I feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. And uh, that, but that might, ch- yeah, it's the bigger picture and that might change, but you know what? I could easily give an answer here and just be like, that makes it easier for people to feel at peace with where they're at. But I don't feel like that's what's needed. I could, I could say something like, you know, it's okay if you don't have a purpose, but the reality is deep down, everyone knows that, that there's something that's pulling them and they might already be on the, on the direction of what's pulling them. They might be like, fuck, I felt this pull and I'm moving in that direction. And some people know what that thing is and they're ignoring it and they're stuffing it down and they're choosing to do things that don't feel expansive. Cause if they're doing something that's not expansive in a job that doesn't light them up, I mean, th- there's going to be benefits and drawbacks to doing that. There's still going to be stability. There's going to be things that they like about that job. There's going to be things they don't like just as if they go after their dream. So you may as well do what's actually lighting you up. And that's a massive difference in fulfillment. I reckon it's one of the, the most important health factors over and above anything that's standard health, like your nutrition, because it's just, it just changes your perspective on life. Right. And yeah, but it, it's, it's a big topic, purpose and fulfill, uh, purpose and, and what you're meant to do and yeah, that deep birth purpose, because a lot of the time it's hard to tap into it when your needs, basic needs aren't being met for safety. And most people in the world have so, they're so at reaction and so much of a victim of their upbringing that they don't even realize 
that all the decisions they make are from fear. They don't realize that they're just like repeating the past and fitting into the mold of what they were taught to do to keep them safe when they were younger. And so they don't even know, like they, they're, they're so like guarded and stuck in that, that they, they don't have enough fullness in themselves to even I start thinking about what they'd love to do. And so the first step for people is to start cracking themselves open with starting to actually say, you know what, I want more and I'm going to start the journey of healing, deep growth and transformation for me to love myself more, to be more fulfilled. And that's when you can start getting a, a little bit more clarity on, on what that purpose is. But it's definitely a massive factor of, uh, of fulfillment and being in your heart if you're doing what you love and what excites you versus doing something that you feel that you have to do that's convenient. Yeah, that's a big one. And so if we just summarize where we're at, it's like, do you have anything you want to say off the back end of that brother i feel like i am have i have my my toe in half in the water and my toe half out of the water and what i mean by that is yeah i feel like this podcast is kind of pulling me into my purpose but mm. uh i'm still stuck in my nine to five role which is kind of pulling me out of my purpose so i'm kind of halfway in halfway out so but I'm, I'm I'm slowly moving towards my purpose each day. So uh, yeah, mm. hopefully maybe next time if we're chatting, I'm in my purpose. So yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I want to honor you for the vulnerability of saying that you've got kind of like you're half in two parties. That's that's not that's not wrong. You mentioned stuck. You're not stuck because you could choose to leave if you want. And so you're choosing to be there because you're choosing the stability. And I think to some degree with the awareness of how that's honoring your nervous system is where love and the heart and the head can be applied to this situation because your head, your intellect is desiring familiarity and safety. And that doesn't mean that's wrong. That's so important because you can't ditch your nervous system. And so if you, but the awareness is the key, that's why it's the first step. So if you have awareness over the fact that you just need that safety at the moment and you're honoring it and you're loving that part of yourself and you're saying, no, this is just what I need. And I'm making the moves to transition to what I love. Then you, there's a celebration and a reverence and an honoring for the way that you're choosing to go about your path. And that causes you to guide yourself with deep conviction. But there was almost when you brought that up to me, a little bit of like, oh, in, I'll bring this into the space and see if Ryan thinks it's right or wrong. As opposed to you being like, I fucking know it's right for me. Because I, I spent time to have the awareness and the discernment, this is what I'm doing. And you honor yourself. And that's how you carry yourself with more dignity through the world. Have that more self-worth and self-respect. But most people don't take the time to feel into what they need and what they want. And the wanting is for the heart. The needing is for the head, for the nervous system. And then choosing and having the courage to honor what feels aligned and right for them. And that's where the power is. It's not like you're being a pussy because you're in your job as well. It's like, no, I fucking know who I am. I know who I am. I love who I am. And this is where I'm at. And I'm fucking so proud of myself for being here. I'm so in integrity and alignment with exactly what I know is right for me right now. And this is where I'm moving and I'm going to get there at the right time. And I feel fucking epic where I am. That's where the, that's where the fulfillment is. And so just honoring you for inviting that vulnerability into the space. So you have the, you see the head and the heart, how they have conflicting kind of like desires, but they need to work together. And so the first step is awareness, becoming aware. You can become, you can be aware that you're in your head in the moment, but then you can build greater awareness over your patterns in general. And you can just have a greater 
strength the fun- strengthen the function of your mind known as the witness or the observer can just become more and more alive. And so you see your patterns and reactivity more and more as you start to practice and strengthen that awareness, which happens with meditation. But that's step one, awareness. Step two, discerning what's needed. Again, you need to regulate yourself potentially, take masculine action, feminine action. You might need to actually process that deep trauma. It's coming up to be healed and creating more emotional, somatic, energetic space for you to just be like, fuck yeah, now I understand where the hell that came from. Now I un- like get that and I've cleared it and I feel light and I know that next time something comes up, I know where it's coming from and I can move quickly from it. Or am I going to work on the foundations of what proactively has me in my heart more? Then when you've discerned what you want to do, so you're aware that you're in your head, you've discerned what you need by taking space and tuning into your heart not just brainstorming it on the piece of paper, but you're actually tuning into the, your heart, your intuition, which is a real fucking function of the mind. You tune into that using space and you tune into your heart and then you discern what you need and you fucking honor it. Then you have the courage to execute it and then you're back in your heart, fully in your heart and present to whatever that is. So they're the three like superpowers. It's like have awareness, discern, discernment, slash intuition, slash being in your heart and then have the courage to do it. But it takes courage to say, I'm going to stay in my fucking job. When you got Gary Vee or all these other people saying, fucking get your side hustle. All the people on social media, friends telling you different things. The content doesn't matter who, what they're saying. It's just, can you honor what's aligned for you? And it fucking takes courage to do that. It takes courage to have a day off when the culture at your work is saying, no, you hustle and grind. But you know that you need to feminine receive, take feminine action and look after yourself for the day. It takes fucking courage in that moment to do that. If you need to have a tough conversation with someone, that takes fucking courage. It takes courage to be vulnerable and express how you're really feeling at a deep level with a friend. And that's fucking courage. That's getting you you, into your heart. So yeah, man, it's this is what it's all about. And if you can live with this, you're living with honor, integrity, authenticity. You're just being your absolute self and you're carrying yourself with this deep inner knowing of this is who the fuck I am. And I'm so in my heart. And then when you have that fullness, then, then you can contribute more to the world. It's easier to be in your purpose. And you're just inspiring and making a difference just by being your authentic self. That's what this whole thing's about. So anyway, I've been working on that core method and that like simplifying it down to those three steps has just fucking changed the game for me. And I honestly believe it's going to help so many people in the PD space. I'm just putting it out there for free. Like I'm, I teach you, I've got a 12-month container that's $300 US per month to do deep inner healing work and really understand their head, understand their heart, know how to develop the capacity of their awareness, discernment and courage, actually have the the tribe safe tribal group of people that are taking courageous action towards their dreams together and learning to honor themselves together. And that's amazing. I'm super pumped about that. And I'm, I've literally, it starts on Monday. It's Thursday today. So it starts in like four days time. I've got a beautiful group of people that are ready to start in that. But even if people can't afford that, if people can't afford it, I'll talk to them and try to find a way to make it work for them. But so I just want people to have access to this because it's everyone deserves to, to honor the power of their heart. Everyone deserves to live with fulfillment. And that's what this whole thing's about. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Celebrate it with me. Get on the stage with me, man. <laughs> All right. I'm on the stage. I'm on the stage. Yes. All right. Woo! Uh, I'd like to sing a song. Uh, it's a little bit of a rap and yeah. it goes, um, it's, it's a working progress. So it goes, I'm playing tennis with Dennis, the menace. Take a seat now for I give you the devil's lettuce. And that's, that's all, that's all, that's all I got at the moment. So, um, Fuck yeah, man. Nice, <laughs> job putting it, nice job putting it out there, brother. So thank you, man. Um, 
I don't know. You, 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 you're like, yeah, yeah. You're the most motivational person I've had on the show at the moment. So, um, just yeah. kind of, yeah, man. I'm in my heart now. No, I just want to, yeah, be in my heart all the time. Like, uh, it's. But man, I mean, that's a fucking gift. Not many people say that, brother. And this is what I stand for. I stand against people being like, just prioritizing all their life towards getting to some external that they've been taught to to feel that they need to feel good enough. It's like, and that's what most of the personal development space is. Most of the personal development space is people trying to do a course that's going to give them the skills so they finally achieve something that makes them feel good enough. And it's like, no, bitch, you're fucking fulfilled now. You deserve to feel fulfilled right fucking now. Like you fucking deserve it. And what you just said, I just want to be in my heart all the time. Fuck yeah. And you can, man. Or not all the all the time, but you can yeah. you can you can really shift it and and as soon as you're in your head you can become aware of it and actually love on that and have compassion for that and be like yeah you're trying to keep me safe i understand that and i see you and i love you and i honor you there's like a lot of different modalities and, and awareness within the deep the, the trauma work and working through triggers that can help you become more aware of like why you're feeling unsafe but ultimately yeah you can be living in your heart all the time and it, it fucking makes me so happy to hear that you say I just want to be in my heart all the time because people don't prioritize. They don't think about that. They, do, they don't have awareness over it. And so people just, I want to be successful. I want to make money. And I can make three to five, $20,000 sales into a business program this week, every week, if I want, make a hundred grand a week myself in a business. It's just not what the world needs. It's just, maybe they, they need that as well and play a part, but it's not what's going to really crack someone in to live with the most epic consistent quality of experience in their life and that's what i'm here to do now and you fucking deserve that man and i'm just honoring you for saying that you you do want to live in your heart all the time because that is amazing man cool well uh i might i might wrap it up on that note because i don't really have much more to add to the conversation um it's been it's been an honor having you on the conversation in the interview and and learning from your your own expertise and, and yeah, just learning in general, I guess. Thanks, man. Um, do, do you have any final messages or uh, like where can people reach out to you? Yeah, definitely. Send me a message on Instagram, guys, at the Ryan Magic. <laughs> Dude, the way you've got this set up on this podcast is off its tits. Seriously. Yeah, it's I, so I, good. He just pops you. it up on the screen. At the Ryan Magic. If you shot me a message just saying, yo, tuned into the the podcast with Christian Buddy and really enjoyed it or this thing stood out for me or just hey or anything. I it just, I love connecting with people. Like seriously, I love connecting with people and I'm most active on Instagram. And so I love getting messages on Instagram and it's just such an honor to be connected with anyone that feels pulled to connect with me. And the fun, like, so that's where I'd love for you to reach out to me and say hi. And if you do reach out to me, I can just send you some resources, some extra free stuff to really get start living in your heart more. And that would be such an honor to do. And what's my final message for you guys? It is that you literally can free yourself right fucking now. The moment that you say, my, my priority right now, my top priority right now is living with fulfillment. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything that I can to live in my heart. You're instantly free. Now, you don't have to get anywhere else. That's just going to flow. Like you, if you follow your heart for the rest of your life, you're going to go on these wild experiences that is going to take you fucking way into the unknown, have all these magic moments. Like right now, my heart just randomly said, move to the US. I'm in Melbourne. It's just like, move to the US. And I'm like, fuck it, let's go. So I'm just moving to the US. It doesn't have to make sense. I'm just fucking going. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life following my heart. And you can do that. And you're free and you're fulfilled in that. In that. 
but man, it takes a bit of, it does take a bit of work to practice that courage and that surrender and that awareness, discernment and courage to, to do that. But you fucking deserve it. And you, you, you're full now. Like you can literally feel fulfillment now. And then when you live with that, all the success will manifest way bigger than what you could ever imagine. Trust me. Like, trust me on that. You got this. Cool. Thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, please don't forget to check the podcast out on Spotify and YouTube. Thank you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Just before you stop it, one other thing sure. I want to say that's funny. There's sometimes in this podcast interview, like I want the guys that are listening to hear this as well, where I was <laughs> just ranting on something hard. And then I finish and then you just come back and you're like, yeah, cool. It's <laughs> just so funny. <laughs> Even just said, I'm like, boom, I'm going to change your life. And you're like, cool. So let's wrap up that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, funny, tr- I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to keep things. I'm trying to kind of um, like try, try trying to keep yourself. the show grounded. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. But um, <laughs> if 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 I if I saw you in real life, I'd probably be giving. I'd probably be giving you a hug. Or I don't know. I'd be. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. But I'm trying to keep. Yeah, like I guess I'm trying <laughs> so to keep good. it contained. You know, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> let let it free, brother. Let it let out. It I can tell you're an expressive guy. <laughs> oh, so I, good. I, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I love you guys. Thanks, Christian. This has been awesome, man. Love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. <laughs>